This is Spirituality Unpacked with Laura Bungars. For more information, please visit my website at spiritualityunpackedalloneword.com. Folks, it's Laura. How's it going? Happy Monday. I hope y'all had a good weekend. You know, mine was a little rocky, but hey, let's get on with that. All right. So I wanted to actually talk about shame and maybe even a little bit about regret because there were two things that came up and I want to sort of deal with those today. Um, So shame. Shame comes up when we think what other people are thinking about us is negative. Shame comes up when we are worried about what the outside world is thinking. And the problem with that, of course, is that we don't usually know what other people are thinking. So where this shows up for me is mostly around ye old money story. You guys are all familiar with that at this point. And it shows up every once in a while. It rears its ugly head. Sometimes I don't like to talk about it. Sometimes it bothers me that that's there. So why? What is that? Why Why would I want to worry about what other people are thinking? And that's exactly what it is for me, by the way. The shame has more to do with being worried about what other people are thinking does having money issues make me a bad human being? Well, no. (laughs) Why does it matter? And that's kind of the question that I'm asking this morning. What's the point? How does shame help? Why does it matter? Could shame be tied into regret? There's an interesting question that's kind of popped into my head. Does shame and regret go together? Do I regret the bad choices and therefore I'm ashamed of them? Or am I just simply worrying about what other people are thinking and I just sort of need to knock it off? Which is it? So these are all kind of neat little questions to ask, aren't they? And I'm not sure. I understand that we don't need to worry about what other people think. And I actually don't have a whole ton of regret over most of the choices of other things in my life that I've done. I understand that the experiences have all gotten me to where I am right now. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. It's it's really hard for me to see the things that have happened in the past and to regret them when I know that they got me here. I've made peace with the vast majority of everything that's happened in my life. But am I still holding on to this little hook around the money thing? And it's very possible that I am because there is still that little bit of shame there sometimes around it. So what am I ashamed of? I was taught as a little kid 
that people with money issues were irresponsible or immature or there was something wrong with them, basically. And that story is a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. And it's a judgment, right? And we understand the concept of judgment. We understand that judgment means that we are looking at somebody else. We are not recognizing the pain of that other person. We are not recognizing the other person as human. We are expecting them to do differently. And they can't or they haven't for whatever reason. But yet we have this judgment that says, you should have done this differently. You are supposed to be better than what you have been or what you are right now. You are not good enough is basically what all of that says. That stems from our own pain. When we judge another, it is because we are in pain ourselves. When we move too quickly judge each other on our actions or words or lack of them, we are in pain ourselves and we are reflecting that pain back out into the world. That's not going to sit well, is it? Because we get taught to judge. And we actually defend judgment as being a good thing. We defend it. We're supposed to judge that thing and demand that people be different than they are. We, we defend it by saying we're defending others. We're defending the people on the other side of the action that we've judged. But that's not actually how it works. That's a human thing. It's a human thing. And it actually defends the problem. It says, I can't release judgment because there are all these people in the world that I consider to be victims, and therefore I can't release the judgment. But the judgment of a person as a victim is also a judgment, and therefore also coming from pain. The whole thing is tied together. It's a loop. So we hold on to judgment because we want to protect perceived victims. And so every time something happens that we consider bad or wrong in some way, and somebody suggests, and I do it sometimes, that maybe we shouldn't Maybe we shouldn't be rushing to judgment. Maybe, maybe we can just see the pain. People go, yeah, but he, she, it, they, whatever, shouldn't have blah, 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 blah. And we rush to judgment and we defend the problem. We can't sit by and let those things happen. And the deal is that if we release judgment, we do sit by and let those things happen. That is what the releasing of judgment does. It means you don't defend the problem. You are simply compassionate for the people involved. You show compassion. Compassion is not judgment. 
Compassion simply recognizes pain. The defending of the problem creates more judgment. The defending of the victim creates more judgment. So it all loops together. So shame then comes from that fear of judgment. Shame comes from the fear that the world around me is going to judge me based on what I did. Can it just be self-judgment? Can you just be mad at yourself? Yes, absolutely. Can this just be about self? Yep, sure. Yep. We can absolutely have that. The shame can just be internal. The shame cannot be a perception of the outside world. It doesn't have to be. It can simply be me, myself, and I being hard on me, myself, and I. It can be that. And that is okay. There is nothing wrong with that. But that loop in your mind keeps you stuck. Shame keeps you stuck. It keeps you trapped. Letting yourself off the hook of shame does mean accepting the experience. You have to stop arguing with the experiences that you've had, the bad decisions that you made, the thing you did that you're ashamed of. You stop arguing with it and you let it go. And how do you do that? You accept. You accept the experiences that you had, the bad choices that you made, the things that you did. You accept them. You see, in my mind, shame and regret are coming together. They are almost identical, very similar energies. When you're ashamed of the choice, the shame sort of makes you not want to talk about it. The regret is the thing that keeps you on the hook. It keeps you saying, I wish I had made a different choice. And I've said this before many times, and I'll say it again. If you could have made a better choice, you would have. You couldn't make a better choice, so you didn't. I didn't make good choices in some cases. And I'm okay with that. The fear for me is not internal. It is mostly worries about what other people are thinking. And one of the ways that I've learned to work through that is actually just by coming here and doing stuff like this or writing about it in a blog. But for a long time, I wouldn't even do that. For a long time, there, there were, um, I, I wouldn't talk about it at all. I, I didn't want anybody to know there was anything going on in my life. I grew up in a home where to the outside world, everything was white picket fence perfect. And the expectation was that that would be maintained. It didn't matter that there were problems as long as you kept them to yourself. Don't, don't share problems. Don't let anybody know you're not absolutely perfect. 
Don't let anybody know there's anything wrong with you. Keep all the things to yourself. Don't make a scene. Don't don't jump outside the box. Don't 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 get yourself noticed. <laughs> don't do any of those things. That was how I grew up. And I suppose that that taught me to hide. It taught me to stay under wraps. It taught me to not make a splash. It taught me to not show up in the world. But then I decided to be a teacher. A teacher has a stage, right? A teacher has an audience. Captive, maybe, but they have an audience. And so I was in the public. And I was sort of making a splash in an acceptable way, but I was making a splash. And now I'm doing something very different and I'm making a splash very differently. And the audience is no longer captive. The audience can grow much beyond the 20 or 30 people that might be sitting in a classroom. And it's okay that I make a splash. And I don't have to be ashamed of my past. I don't have to regret anything that went on back there. All of it got me here. And I'm okay with that. So where's the hangout? The hangout is in the more personal relationships that I have. Not so much here doing this with you but in the very very personal relationships that i create that is where the hang-up comes in learning to be open has been a challenge it has been one of the things that i have had to work on the whole time being open and honest about what's going on in my life being open and honest about my past and all the things it's been something that i've actually had to work on quite consciously even just to show up 47 podcasts in now yeah i still have to work on being okay with showing up it's still there right I, I understand the process now and I'm far more willing to sit around and write a blog or do a podcast where I sort of try to explain what's going on. And I stay out of the 3D drama. I do that intentionally because I don't find that helpful. Could I share more? Maybe. Is there some sort of shame behind that that would stop me possibly i'm not sure i know that shame just requires acceptance it just requires acceptance of the choices that were made acceptance of things as they are without arguing them with them right we don't have a time machine we can't go back so we're stuck with it it is what it is right and I had this come up in the, in the coaching session last week, right? This idea of regret. 
I regret, blah. Nope, stop, hang on, back up. We don't regret what we do. That keeps us arguing with what's going on. We stay stuck, right? And that's hard. It's hard to get to a place where you say, I'm okay with everything that happened. I'm okay with everything that happened. How do you get okay with everything that goes on back there? You let younger versions of yourself off the hook. People talk all the time about inner child. But what if it's not necessarily a childhood version of you? What if it's the 25-year-old version of you? What if it's the 30-year-old version of you? What if it's the 40-year-old version of you? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're healing that quote-unquote inner child, (laughs) be aware that you may also be dealing with an adult version of yourself that did things, that made bad choices. We don't necessarily have to go find it in our five-year-old selves. Not everything is that far back. When you're living from pain, even when the pain happens when you're a little kid, when you're living from pain and you're doing things as an adult, you're creating more pain. Because you're living from pain, you're making choices from pain, and pain creates pain. You don't, it, it, that's how it goes. So if you carry the pain into your adulthood, which pretty much all of us have, then you're going to create more pain for yourself. You're just, you just are, you're going to create more pain for yourself. So that means that there will be pain in your adult life that you will need to heal. And it will not be healing your inner child that will fix that. It will be healing your 30-year-old self that will fix that. It will be healing your 25-year-old self that will fix that. It's not going to be healing your 5-year-old self. That's not going to help you. Your 5-year-old self didn't create that. Your 5-year-old self created the original trauma. Your 5-year-old self had the original trauma, did the original experience, all of that. And then you created all of the behaviors and ideas and thoughts and beliefs and whatever based on survival and pain that you moved forward with, all the things that you carried forward. And then from those, you began to make more choices. And those choices created more pain. Does it ultimately all connect back if you put it all together? Sure. But if you only try to heal your five-year-old self, you're going to get stuck. It's okay to deal with, let your 30-year-old self off the hook and then connect to the trauma and also let the five-year-old self that created the behavior, the coping mechanism that caused the pain when you were 30, to let that person also off the hook. Right? So... It all connects together. You don't just get rid of one. You actually have to deal with both in many ways. So when I was doing my own work and working through a lot of the things from the past, I did deal with my 20 and 25 and 30 and 35 and even 40 year old self. 
And as I have experiences in the present day, what am I doing with them? Like the ones over the weekend. What am I doing with those? I move to acceptance. I let myself off the hook right away. I recognize the pain in what I did or the decision that I made. And then I release that instantly. I don't stay there. I no longer keep a hammer so I can beat myself up. I don't do that to myself anymore. So that's part of the healing process is acceptance. Accepting that, oops, I did that. Okay, moving on. Next. Right? Understanding the problem allows me to move instantly to acceptance because I don't have to argue with it. I don't have to argue with it because I understand it. So even when things happen in the present moment, in my version of now, and I create from pain, oops, things happen, that's life, that's human, it's going to occur, I can move quickly to acceptance without getting into blame, shame, guilt, regret. Without staying in those places, I move to acceptance fairly quickly. It was part of the healing process. I did it fast. And that's the point. The shame in the money story is connected to an old lie for me. And that lie isn't true. Part of doing this work right now is getting okay with what other people are thinking. Whether it's sort of public eye thinking like this in, in, a, in a podcast or whether it's one-on-one -on -one with somebody that is a friend or a family or a partner or whatever, that relationship, that more personal relationship, and being okay with it there too. It requires both levels, right? It's one thing to write about it in a blog. It's another thing to talk about it with somebody that you keep in your life or that you want in your life or that you care about in some way. Beyond coaching, beyond helping folks, beyond, beyond the work that I do. So there are some challenges there. It's interesting what's sort of come up today in those challenges. They aren't necessarily bad. It's just something to be mindful of and allow to go. And I can feel the energy moving around. Speaking of energy, it's been kind of intense. Um, we've had a whole lot of solar flares over the last few days. And we get the solar wind that always follows a solar flare that's facing Earth. We always get solar wind after that. And so we have a lot of energy mixing up out there. Um, and it's been very intense for a lot of people. So everything that's going on in my life, you will notice, is timed with both the new moon and all of these solar flares that have been happening. And if your life is a little topsy-turvy, like mine has been, 
That is what you are experiencing, folks. It is that. That is the energy right now. It is shifting things. It is putting, giving us a push, basically. The energy just gives us a push. It doesn't actually create the experiences. We create our own experiences. But the energy is giving us a push. And that push isn't isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. It puts us into things that maybe, you know, we don't like so much sometimes, but they are, they are helpful if we use them the right way. And that's what I keep encouraging. Use the experiences in a way that are helpful to you, not in a way that are harmful to you, because what you spend your time doing is doing what exactly, exactly what I've been talking about in this podcast, which is getting over all the crap because you use the experiences that happened before you knew better in a way that was harmful to you and caused you pain. And I said in my uh, weekly chat on Facebook this week, I said, you're not a victim of your experiences, you're a victim of your own pain. The experience just was, it happened. And then you collected a set of beliefs, ideas, patterns, behaviors that caused you to have to live from the pain. The pain made you adapt, basically. It made you adapt so that you could survive, right? Survival instincts kicked in. The pain happened and it made you adapt. And it changed who you were, changed who, how you acted and how you responded to the world. And so as you've continued to create in your life, you've created from that pain. And we all do it. I mean, this isn't, everybody does this. We've created from that pain. But then it's not the original trauma that's the problem. It's the pain that you're still hanging on to that's causing you the issue. You're not, you're not a victim of something that happened when you were five years old. You're not still a victim of that thing at 50 or 45 or 30. What you're struggling with is that you're still living from the thing that happened when you were five because of all of the patterns, habits, beliefs, ideas that you picked up from it, all the souvenirs that you picked up from it. The original trauma is no longer a problem. It is all the things that you do because of the original trauma that are the problem. And if we can separate that out better, it makes it easier to work on things. We don't get stuck going back all the time. We can stay more present and focused on, on the here and now. And that was what I did on the weekend. I had to stay in the present. I couldn't just focus on something that happened years ago. I had to stay present so that I didn't create patterns and behaviors from new pain that I had suddenly created. <laughs> I had to allow myself to be okay and stay out of the story. And that was what I did. And it is possible to do it when you bring your awareness with you, which we've been talking about. And the way you stay out of shame is you recognize the stuff. You recognize the pain that those choices, those actions were created from. Do I recognize the pain 
behind the previous choices? Yes. So it's just a matter for me of spending a few minutes sort of letting myself off the hook in a different way. And that's not all that hard to do. And so regret is the same thing, by the way. It's, it's not different. Recognize the pain behind the choices that you made. Don't try to go back to the original trauma because it's not going to help you. And just allow yourself to see the pain in the choices that you were making or the thing that you did. And when you recognize the pain, find compassion for yourself. That version of you was in pain, and that's okay. Allow that version of you to be in pain. That's okay. Recognize where the pain came from. Don't go all the way back. Just recognize it. Create the mental link, right? Get your brain on board. Create the mental link. And that's enough. And then figure out how to find compassion for that younger version of you and let yourself off the hook. Regret will keep you trapped. Shame will keep you stuck. Letting those things go is how we move forward. Are there going to be bits like I found where there's just those little pieces? There's this shame we haven't gotten over yet. This idea that I have that other people are judging or think I'm a bad person. Okay, well, I can let that go because it's not true, right? Recognize it and remove it, right? And that's what we do. So healing is just this process. It's, it's just, you see it. It's just a process. You just... You find things and you keep working through them. You find things and you work through it. You find something and you work through it. But it shouldn't take you years. It shouldn't take you months. Because all you're removing, all you're changing is patterns, ideas, thoughts, beliefs, habits. So that shouldn't take forever. You should be able to create those new habits and form those new patterns. Yes, it might take a little bit to get new habits, especially new habits and patterns to stick. But you shouldn't be crying your eyes out while you're doing it either. It shouldn't be a painful process. It should be something that you can actively do for yourself that allows you to move forward. It should feel like you're able to make progress in that. That shouldn't feel like sludge. Forming a new habit or a new pattern, even when we're talking about healing, is no different than going on a diet or creating an exercise program or doing anything like that. You just have to do it a few times to get it to stick. And how long it takes depends totally on how in alignment with it you are. The reason you can't stay on the diet is because you argue with the diet because you feel limited and trapped and stuck in that diet so it doesn't let you move so if you try to create a new pattern or habit of response in your life and you're arguing with it because it doesn't feel right to you you're thinking you should do it then it's not going to work What makes sense for you? Make sure that you are in alignment with the thing that you're changing before you try to make the change. 
Don't force yourself to go down the path because you think you quote unquote should. That's not going to work. You're going to struggle with that the whole way. Whatever you're working on, make sure you're in alignment with you. Make sure it makes sense for you and make sure you're not doing it from should because should is also pain. Should will also keep you stuck. So make sure you're in alignment. All right, folks, that is enough for today. I have rambled on enough. I do hope that that was sort of helpful to you this morning. Thank you so much for listening. This is Laura with Spirituality Unpacked. Do not forget to like and subscribe and share from whatever platform you are listening to this episode on. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Have an amazing week, and I will talk to you again on Thursday. Bye for now. This has been Spirituality Unpacked with Laura Bungars. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Thanks so much for listening.